0: sister that All right, so welcome to this new segment we're going to call Rob's Rants. We have Rob Blanc here, but basically, just to give you the lay of the land on how this is going to work, he has no idea what the topic is, no preparation, all off of his dome, right? So, Rob, the topic for today is long versus short arm actions. Should you have guys all go to short arm actions?
1: Well, first off, I think this also can be a really good segment because we can kind of talk about every single baseball topic under the sun and uh, we can actually get conflicting views like some things that I believe in, you believe in, kind of give like an insight in how we conceptualize thought and obviously interpret different topics. Now, I've talked about long versus short arm actions a lot, whether it be social media posts or obviously conversation with different coaches. I'm pretty against short arm actions to begin with. Um, And the reason why is because, like, why are we taking the authentic version of a guy's throwing patterns and framing it into long and short?
0: Yeah. So you're trying to, you're saying trying to fit them to a particular mold isn't the best way to do it.
1: Correct. I mean, like, if I took a guy like Arolva Chapman or Camilo Duvall and like, Instantly decided that I want to create a shorter arm action. That's probably going to have major physiological changes. There's going to be major mechanical flaws that are developed. Now, don't get me wrong. Those guys are elite level athletes, but sure. they'll be able to self-organize. But at the end of the day, we don't want to bucket guys. Like I'm very against bucketing because everyone is an individual like physiologically psychologically, like there's a lot of different variables. If you throw too much stuff at a guy and create too much of a constraint, then you could see some major changes in a negative direction rather than positive.
0: Yeah. So I guess for guys who it's worked for though, quote unquote worked for, um, you have like their Giolitos or you know other guys that have made that change. Do you think that's just a byproduct of them becoming more efficient with that and not necessarily the short arm action itself?
1: Um, I think it's – the problem that I have with short arm actions in the first place is the fact that it's, everything's in isolation.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, we're
1: just changing an arm path or arm timing or whatever strictly in
0: isolation. Yeah, so, so you're decontextualizing yeah. that piece of the delivery, taking out the lower half, the torso, all of that.
1: Correct. I mean, like, you look at Lucas Giolito, like, everyone saw, like, videos of him in the before and then after – and you, you, all you thought about and all you looked at was just the arm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and look at the changes you've made, more often than not, you're going to see other variables changing with it.
0: Yeah. Like
1: That's why, like, when we talk about, like, mechanical flaws and how they develop and how we kind of tag them, right, it's proximal to distal 99.9% of the time because at the end of the day, proprioception, we're going to have a lot more control at the midline. If sure. we start to go distally toward our hand or our elbow, whatever, um, we're going to have a lot less proprioceptive demand. I mean, there's going to there, excuse me. There's going to be more proprioceptive demand because you're trying to work against a lever. So when the lever's lengthened, it requires more proprioception to put it in certain positions.
0: Yeah. Um, so, for, for example, choice. a bicep. Right. Uh, so just try not to talk over a guy's heads here. So, like, if a bicep's at that full end range, of your arm's fully extended. That would be. That lengthened position. Correct.
1: Right? Yeah. So, with a, a lengthened lever arm,
0: so for example, with taller pitchers
1: who are or 10, mm-hmm. taller, uh, shortening up arm actions is sometimes the play because with those massive levers, we're talking about wingspans of seven feet, seven and a half, eight, oh, close, yeah. close to eight feet. Like, there's a lot of purpose up to demand to kind of put that guy in specific positions. That's why I see a lot of guys who have longer arm actions when they're that tall, they're either super late, they're outside 90, they're in a position where they're not going to efficiently produce force, but at the end of the day they make up for it because they have super long levers. So they have the ability to have all kinds of jacked up
0: things along the way and still throw hard. Yeah. So for guys that it works for, I mean, would you allow guys to explore that and see, like, what would work better for them? Or would you identify, like, if a guy, let's say, already throws 95, but he wants to shorten up his arm action for some apparent reason, no, no reason for arm pain or anything like that, just wants to change it to change it. What would you do to either coax him out of that decision or help him explore that to see that if it's a good fit or not
1: yeah so i'm all for exploration that's just i mean i'm all about innovation and exploration like feel is like a very underrated in today's game like we're so locked up in constraint approaches and Mm -hmm. um, obviously manipulating the environment around them without actually getting any feel feedback so guys usually don't know what they're supposed to feel at the end of the day yeah so if you don't know what you're supposed to feel, you're not going to put yourself in a good spot. But nonetheless, so as for a guy who wants to explore to, for the sake of exploring, like, look at the variables. Look at the benchmarks to start with. Is he at 94, 97, 100 mile an hour throw to start with? And he's deciding on a limb to go and shorten his arm action? I'm going to advise him against that because, like, we're all physiologically different. We're all going to have authentic versions of how we move. So, directly manipulating an individual joint—that of one—is distal. In isolation, is just a mistake, especially yeah. for a guy like that. Unless, like, he has massive command issues, you have to look at like the broad picture here. It's like yep. if you look need at more your, context, correct. You need as much context as possible. So, if you look at it from a macro point of view, the guy doesn't have any sort of flaws in the lower half. You have a clean energy transfer of the chain. There's no like glaring physiological limitations, and he's going to just out of nowhere decide to change his arm action, and he doesn't like having command issues, doesn't see major velocity fluctuations. That's just irresponsible. Yeah. And it, as coaches, we can't be afraid to tell athletes that. It's like you're going to see stuff on social media about shortening arm actions more efficient, it's more compact. I mean, there there is n- absolutely nothing to back that up. Sorry, there just isn't. So mm-hmm. like for me, like I have a super long arm action now. Do I have an injury history? Sure. But that's based on my physiological limitations in the first place. Now, just would shortening on my arm action actually prevent me from getting hurt. Absolutely not because I've tried it early yeah. in my career. After I got hurt, I tried shortening on my arm action. I threw seven miles an hour
0: slower. So like, Do you think a big piece of that was taking away the momentum of it?
1: Probably. Like when we yeah. talk about like capturing mental arm it's like, you have to be able to build energy. In that pendulum-like action, whether it's like, for example, like a perfect example would be Zach plisak So Zach plisak being the guy that he is, his arm action is ridiculously short.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the con the contextual information on that, he constantly gets
0: hurt. Now is that okay? Yeah, that's another. Now is that term.
1: like is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. Am I saying that his short arm action is why he gets hurt? No, but the way he controls his handbrake and then works into this extremely short pattern. By the time he's at foot to front foot strike, he's in like five degrees of horizontal induction. So he has to create force in different structures. Mm. So it's, I'm not a fan of people saying like, this is why some guys hurt it hurt and this is the other. Cause you never can pinpoint why something
0: happens. Oh yeah. It's never just biomechanical or like making an adjustment or a lot of people look at, Oh, like, Maybe he just didn't have the tissue tolerance. Like, there's so much more context to be added into that, as far as like, oh, well, does he mostly get hurt when he throws breaking balls, or is it against a right-handed hitter that you know he just has to struggle and move differently, and that's what actually pushed him over that edge because he didn't have that, um, I guess, awareness or pushed himself like as he was rehabbing up from an injury to get to that level when you need it.
1: Yeah. I mean there's so. always like from my experience, there should always be a thought process behind any sort of mechanical change, especially when it comes to arm actions. Oh exactly. it's like there's absolutely no reason to change something. Like
0: just for the sake of change. Yeah. It's yeah. like
1: if it anything broke well, why are we talking about fixing um, it? and unless it's more so like you're getting injured on a regular basis and that is one of the variables that could cause it sure, sure. then you can actually comprehensively come up with a plan of why you're making that change because changes like this are like they're major mm-hmm. like you can't just hijack your arm action throwing the connection ball or a pocket path or whatever and expect it to pan off in a short amount of time it just doesn't work that way
0: yeah or just giving them that drill and be like okay yeah now if you just keep doing these every day then it'll be fixed like there's a lot more context to that um and you know some guys that have talked to me about shorting your arm actions i'm like I mean, yeah, if you want to just talk about just the joint angle of your elbow and if you want to change that to be quote-unquote shorter, maybe, but I definitely hit home. I'm like, you can't just like start breaking your hands and go straight to being like a catcher, like just ripping it up this way. Like you have to have some type of momentum, some type of flow where that's, you know, more driven from your scap or your shoulder, however you want to look at it. Um, Because that's what is actually going to be a lot more uh, influenced by like how the energy is going to move through that versus you just tightening up and like yeah. trying to get into a particular like, I mean, position.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like for me, it's like guys really focus on, "Hey, I'm not getting off scap retraction. Right?
0: Oh yeah, scapular retraction. You know, all all those sort of
1: things. Like, hey, you are literally just hijacking the entire movement, and
0: because they're trying to force something that's actually not. Yeah, supposed yeah.
1: that's yeah. why. Like when it comes to making physiological or mechanical changes to the mm-hmm. patterns, you. It can't just be in isolation. I'm just it just it's an irresponsible and inefficient way to look at it. That's why I'm very like. I mean, there's a there's a time and place for arm action drills, but at the end of the day, like, it, it's all feel, right? Mm-hmm. We all have an authentic version of ourselves, um, and hijacking that and putting them into a massive constraint is like an absolute joke. It's just not. It just doesn't work. Like, yeah, we can guide an athlete in a direction. So, for example, if I was going short to shorten someone's arm action. No, am I going to grab a connection ball or a pocket bath, or whatever? Like for the first thing, absolutely not. Why not look at it from perspective? Okay, are we in a hand driven or elbow driven arm action? Mm-hmm. Right, you're kind of taking it away from the distal point of view and pulling it more proximal. And then the guy who needs even more proximal, hey, let's allow our scapula to dictate our arm action, whether it be into down rotation, traction projection so kind of understanding of how that internal and external rotation or that path that the arm takes is dictated closer to body not farther away yeah and that's the problem is like when you make these changes from long to short or short to long is it's like the ball is like that's not the point Mm -hmm. a closer segment like your elbow
0: is going to be a much better starting point to put them in in the right path yeah spot on spot on well that's it for this segment of rob's rants if you like want to add some questions to this feel free to shoot us an email at in the zone podcast one two three at gmail.com and we'll add it to our next segment of rob's rants